So I, we teased this a cup for a couple of weeks, and we, we will get into watch it dead. We will get into um, uh, chapter three of Second Timothy today. But but I was hoping we could could go ahead and spend a few minutes talking about that Alistair Begg situation that we've teased a couple of weeks here. Um, to recap it really quickly, uh, we're talking about how how <coughs> sometime in the past. Alistair Bank, for those of you who may not know, evangelical Christian leader, pastor of a church up in the Cleveland area. And he uh, he had, it was, was I don't know if he was approached or if he was written to, I'm trying to remember how that, that unfolded, but written to. he was written to, okay. And the question was, was asked by this grandmother whether or not, um, essentially, what should she do? Because her grandchild was, was uh, participating in a wedding uh, that involved uh, transgender, and so essentially it's in, it falls under the, the umbrella of an LGBTQ type wedding. And the concern with from the grandmother was, if I don't go to the wedding, then I'll cut off, I'll essentially cut off communication to my grandchild, and I won't have an opportunity to witness. What should I do? Should I should I show up and make it look like I'm endorsing? the act that's taking place, or should I stand my ground and my principles and stay away? And so what I have read and what I've heard, and anybody have something different, let me know, but uh, apparently Alistair told her that in his opinion, that she should attend <laughs> the wedding and should probably even take a gift. And he said that his advice was given, as he's gone on the record very, very, very staunchly about where he stands on the topic of homosexuality and all those things. And, and there's no question that, that he's very strictly biblical in his interpretation as to what is sin and what isn't in that arena. But his concern was that if you cut off communication, then that grandchild may not have another avenue to receive the gospel, may not have anyone else in their lives to continue to push them and show them the right direction. And so his thought was, as long as everybody knows that you're against it and you show up, then you're doing it to try to maintain a relationship and you're not doing it to endorse the activity. And so he's called a lot of flack for that. And as we mentioned, he's, he's been dropped from a net, from a, a, a nationwide network that carries his, his ministry every week that has carried him for 11 years. Um, he was uninvited to a conference. There's, you know, this, this has gone on now for about a month, roughly. And so I, I've, I've teased this a couple of weeks, like I said, that we would just, just spend a few minutes going back and forth on it. Um, because it... It's, it's, it's obviously one of those issues, and it's timely, I think, with what uh, some of the things that Tink was preaching about this week. It's one of those issues that can divide Christians, because you've got, if you go out and try to find where people stand on this, you get people in one camp or the other. Yes, it was good advice. He should have done it. It was perfect. No, absolutely not. Are you crazy? This is a terrible thing to do. Why would you encourage someone to do that? And you don't seem to see anybody in the middle 
looking at it and saying, well, there might be some nuances. And so I wanted to just ask for feedback and thoughts. Um, what do y'all think? Anybody want to step up and start talking about it? Well, I've listened to Alistair for years. I know for a fact that he is not pro-LG, whatever um, that stuff is. He's not at all. And knowing that, I mean, it, for me, it kind of clarified. And he also said in his statement after the fact that this was advice that was given to this person in this situation. And in another, to another person in another situation, he would most likely give completely different advice. So I don't know what all of them, like you said, the yeah. nuances, I don't know what they all were. But, but you know. for whatever reason, he felt led to, to now, so, so I'll give my, my personal opinion real, real quick here, and then we'll <clears> back <throat> up. Um, I don't know that I could go <clears throat> to the wedding, regardless of what somebody told me. I just don't know that I could do that. Um, it, I mean, yeah, I, I think personally, I feel like there's other ways to be able to show someone that you love them and care for them and you want to maintain communication with them and you should hopefully be able to reach them another way uh, without going and making it look as though I am endorsing this. Now, that's a, that's a personal thing. And I don't know that I could, could give the advice that he gave. Um, so there's two pieces of this to me. The first piece is, um, is it, you know, it, is it a problem for a Christian to attend an event like that, knowing what they feel? And then the other side of it is, what do we do with a, a pastor? How do, how, do we, how do we reconcile a pastor that we know is, and truly believe is well-founded and on the right path? who gives advice that we disagree with. How do we look at that? And I, Clinton, you had something, and I think I stepped on you. No, you're fine. I just, I remember L.D. Campbell said something one time, and I may, I'm thinking I'm saying it right. He says, you can accept something, but that doesn't mean you approve of it. There's two different things, you know, yeah, I'm accepting the fact this is happening, but I don't have to approve of it. It's two totally different things. And I was kind of, yeah, it is. I, 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 I agree with that statement. Um, and, and, and I also think it comes down to, it can sort of come down to the individual on some things. You know, what, what we talked in here a few weeks ago about um, uh, with a serving with a good conscience. If your conscience is being guided by the Holy Spirit, you're in prayer. You're a saved individual and you're you're seeking God's will in, in everything you do, and your conscience won't let you attend that. I think you better listen. You better listen to the Holy Spirit, you better listen to your conscience. I think it's possible though that a saved individual could have other motives, could be led by a different different thought process, and could attend it and it not be an issue even though everyone around them would look at them and think, what are they doing here? It sends the wrong message, but the individual, perhaps, it does not speak to their salvation and where they are. There's a, this is, there's a lot of issues here we could, you know, open up a lot of, a lot of cans of worms. Um, some would say Jesus sent the wrong message when he met the Samaritan woman. Well, 
Well, I think Tink preached when he did Sermon on the Mount, and it's something I've heard a lot of times, that as Christians and other Christians, like the people in this room, we are called to hold each other accountable. We are not to necessarily judge one. Well, I guess we are as Christians supposed to. Like, if I know so-and-so is cheating on their wife or whatever, that is something we are supposed to hold them accountable for. But if people do not know Christ, our job is to show them Christ. So what is your way of showing Christ? Is it going to the wedding and saying, I don't love the sin you're committing, but I love you and I'm going to continue my outpouring love of Christ for you? Mm -hmm. Or is it, I don't really care what you're doing at all. I'm just here to support you. I think it has to be what what is your motive behind it necessarily? And where we don't get to condemn others. That's not our job. We only get to show, we get to be the salt of the world and the light of the world for Christ. So what are we doing there is one the question. Of, one of the things I was thinking about as you were saying that was um, in a situation, looking at it from a situational perspective, Grandma says, you know, I'm, I don't agree with this. I'm not going. Um, you know, this isn't of God, and, and the chances are that it's going to end up in a disaster. Well, when it ends up in a disaster, she doesn't go. She expresses her disapproval, and that's the reason she's not going, which to the grandchild shows, you know, well, you didn't care about this anyway. You probably wanted it to fail. I, I, you know, you and your God go somewhere else versus... Grandma shows up, says, hey, I don't agree with this, but I'm here. I love you. <coughs> it all goes south. You know, there's, there's, a, there's an avenue there. There's a, she has shown the light of Jesus, you know, to this child. So I I guess that's the, that's the. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I yeah, and, and we could, we could literally sit here, I think, and we could go back and forth, back and forth. I love something Crystal said the other day. You want to say it again? Oh, are you celebrating the sin by going? Yes. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the lines I was going to say again, too. The phrase, love the sin, hate the sin, or love the sin, hate the sin. Said it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can continue to show love. Sorry, I heard grandchild's a man. You can continue to show love without celebrating the fact that they are sinning. And I feel like them attending that wedding is showing that you're celebrating the fact that they're getting married. That is your I that is your part. Like that is that is the role of the people that are attending the wedding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think going there is just saying that you know, you're okay with it enough that you're there to celebrate with them while they're doing it. But in her being fearful that communication will stop with the granddaughter, well, at that point, that's on the granddaughter. That's not on her. She's not saying that she's going to cut communication off if this wedding continues. She's fearful if she doesn't go, communication will stop. But at that point, that's not her her fault. If she continues to express her love to her granddaughter, her granddaughter knows exactly where she stands and why she's not there, and that communication won't, won't be a problem. As, as Christians, we need to be Christ-like. Of course, we'll never attain it, right? Right. Only Christ will. But, you know, we do bring up you know, how Christ did hang out with tax collectors, how Christ did hang out with the woman of the well, how, how things like that. <clears throat> but he didn't celebrate those things. Right. He no. didn't condemn those things. Right. He, in fact, he said to the woman, you know, 
I, I know you've had five husbands and I know you're not currently married, you know, and, yeah. and go home and send no more, right? right. And, and, you know, same way with the tax, what do you do in the, in the uh, uh, synagogue? He flipped over tables and things, right? You know, I mean, so uh, I'm not probably saying, again, we're not, my anger would be different than what Christ yeah. was, right? You know, so I'm yeah, not there's saying a, I could There's not. a difference between anger and righteous indignation. Right, right, exactly. Yes. But I guess I'm just saying that, you know, Yes, he, he hated the sin, he loved the sin. You know, and I think that's what we show that we need to be as Christ-like as possible. That there is a fine line here, there, uh, or maybe not so fine, because it, again, as Jason was saying, we're not to celebrate, you know, condone uh, sin, but I think show them Christ and love them, you know, and, and, uh, you know, have some, I guess, some spiritual discernment so if let's ask this question: If the grandmother shows up there, I tell you, honestly, I think taking a gift is going way overboard. <laughs> way overboard. Okay, if you <laughs> she gives <laughs> a Bible. When I if I bring, if I bring <laughs> yeah, well, that's a little too much. Actually, and Alistair Begg's response to all this, he did a forty-minute sermon. Yes, he did. And at the end of that, that's what actually he brought up. Problem is that wasn't even in the uh, initial suggestion of getting the gift. He now added, you know, imagine going there and imagine they open and the gift is a Bible. And so yeah, he even brought. But but that does not that to me does not negate the fact that you're still celebrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't see it. But let's say somebody you go to a wedding shower or a baby shower for someone that's out of wedlock. Are you telling? Are you celebrating that that person's Having a baby out of wedlock, you're not. I mean, you're there for that person. I don't think that's any way of saying, yeah, I, I firmly, yeah, I agree with what you're doing here. I don't. Yeah, should I do this twelve more times? You're yeah, no, I think you're saying you're saying I'm here for you. I'm, I'm you know, I, I love you. You know, I'm here for you. Yeah, so then, are we classifying sin? If wrong is wrong, is it wrong to go to a, a marriage, a wedding? Where a Christian is marrying a non-Christian, or non-Christians at all? Yeah, I mean, non-Christians goes under under a, a general. Mm -hmm. What's that? Equally yoked. Right? Well, well, an unequally yoked would be against scripture, and, and to me, would be wrong. To, mm -hmm. But as as a general grace that is given to to non-believers, to non-believers can get married and can go to that because that's a common grace that's given. Yeah. You're not breaking any scripture by doing that, and so. It's just again, it goes back to you know what are we celebrating, and and the fact is truth and love go hand in hand. You can't you can't love someone like without the truth part of it. No, and, and I I think we can go back and forth here and and do this all day long, um, and and, and each side is going to have some some facts to stand on. You're going to be able to, to talk about, well, this is what Jesus did. You're right. Jesus didn't celebrate. He didn't condone. He was very clear. Yet he had to go where the sin was, where the sinner was at to reach them. Isn't that what we have to do, though? And exactly. Because if we stay in Bellevue, we're not reaching the world. Exactly. But also you're talking about Pharisaic. When, when Pharisees were, were saying, pointing out the fact that, that he was eating with sinners. Eating with a sinner is, is not against scripture. But Pharisees made all kinds of extra laws and rules to all the separate time. themselves 
from sinners, which is not what God intended. God intended the Israelites to be a light to the world and share the gospel, but instead what they did was they took that separation in which they were to not be part of this world, meaning they were not to indulge in it and be separate, be sanctified, yet they were to go out and preach the gospel. And for that, you do have to have interactions, obviously, but they took it to a different level and created all different laws in which Right, but let's but, 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 but let's focus it let's focus it directly on the, the discussion of Brad. You brought up be Christ-like, right? Okay. Well, in order to be Christ-like, does it mean that we are going to have to put ourselves in situations where it may look bad for us? Because when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, that made him look bad. It made everybody on the outside look at him and go, what's he doing? This surely can't be right. This man is supposed to be not only of God, but be God. And he's going against, I understand he's going against the, the, the man's laws. He's going against the, the things that man has written and said you should not do. <clears throat> but it made him look bad. And... The, again, the argument goes back to, well, are we looking bad from a scriptural perspective or from a, from a social perspective? And, and I'm not, I'm not going to split that hair at the moment because, again, we can do this all day long. But when we boil it all down, we all sit here and we have an opinion about who. Right now in this discussion, we have opinions about Alistair Begg and the advice that he gave. We have opinions about the grandmother and what she might or might not do. We have opinions about the people getting married. And so I don't want to focus this so much on the people involved in this story as I want to focus this discussion for the next couple of minutes. I looked at Deb watching it. <laughs> and the next couple of minutes on us. As Christians, what are we called to do in this situation now, I understand we got questions about judgment and all these other things. But what are we called to do now that we have a pastor that has given advice that we disagree with, perhaps, and we have someone who is a dedicated Christian who truly desires to see their loved ones be saved, who may actually attend an event that causes people to look on her and go, whoa, should she be shunned? Should he be shunned? How do we deal with this when we run into these roadblocks? Because that to me is the bigger issue because you've got a pastor who has ministered to thousands of people, saved countless, led countless individuals to Christ to find salvation and has given a piece of advice now that suddenly he's in the Christian circles He's becoming canceled in some arenas, right? And now what if that grandmother has lived a godly life and she's so concerned about her child, she takes this advice and she attends the wedding. What, what do we do with all this? I think there's so many variables, especially in this. There's ver These variables exist in everything that we do. And I like to look at things. Every, I don't always succeed in this, but when I have a decision to make, and you, I sound like a broken record, hopefully, in this. I'm, I, I have a decision in front of me. I have to go one way or the other. I'm going to go whichever way brings the most glory to God. 
Amen. So if going to the wedding brings the most glory to God, I want to go that way. Not, not out of, of course, with Scripture in mind. If, if going to the wedding is going to cause me to sin and cause to a thousand other people there to sin, that's not going to bring glory to God, so I don't need to go to that wedding. But if I can go to that wedding... And and people know that I don't disagree with it, and people are that I don't agree with it. And specifically, if I have already had a conversation with granddaughter or whoever's getting married, I do not agree with this. I'm I'm born again. I I have a relationship with Jesus. I love you. You are my granddaughter or whatever. I think it, the explanation matters, but um, I think there's just so many things like the LGBTQ sin is held on this pedestal. In our minds, because we hate it, and we do, we should hate it. But like you said, this wedlock. Well, that's well, that's not that big of a deal because everybody's done that, you know, you know, or many people have done that, or whatever. So there are just so many variables, and I had a really good point. I totally lost it. It's in there. You didn't take. I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, the the sin part. So. I want to do what what brings the most glory to God. Would Jesus go to that wedding if He could bring glory to Himself through being there? I would I would assume yes, He would. As a header, you're not going to hear many pastors say this, and I'm scared to say it. I I don't need to go witness to people at the strip club. I'm a heterosexual man. That will that might cause me to sin, but to go to a wedding is it celebrating? I don't know what I would do in this case. It depends on the person. If my if Sims murders somebody in twenty years, I'm gonna go visit him in prison because I love him. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna continue to point him to Christ. I don't agree that he killed somebody, but I'm gonna go love him anyway. You know, I'm gonna There's love a little him. difference there though. There is Are you right? going to the wedding to bring glory <laughs> to God by preaching what is true? Or are you going to the wedding and sitting quietly and letting it happen? That Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I could show Do you up. Do stand up when it says does anybody yeah. object to this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me yeah. say my piece. Yes. I don't want to go to the. I don't want to go to the wedding anyway. Somebody pointed out the fact that you know, to look what a wedding is and the fact that God instituted marriage and, and it's basically an affront to God and, and it is it is a mockery. In the sense that now you have this unrighteous wedding being portrayed, and so in that mockery, you have to ask yourself. Well, I think most weddings that we witness are that. Yeah, I don't think people. I didn't even get married on on biblical. We weren't equally yoked at the time, you know, and that's not the valid. uh, I'm not trying to argue. I'm just saying. So you know, let's. Hey, John. Yeah, go ahead. So take take the LG the alphabet mafia out of this. What is the difference between that wedding and going to somebody's second marriage that ended just because they didn't get along? What's the difference in that? I literally just said that to him. There's yeah. there's more discretion. No, I'm I'm not agreeing with the LGBTQ yeah. or whatever. I'm saying there's more discretion given in the scripture about marrying someone that's divorced than there is attending a wedding of someone in a homosexual relationship. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I feel like if we nitpick the situation and I the only reason anyone cares is because of who Alistair is. 
had Tink said it in private to someone, no one would ever know. They only care because of who said it. And he gave the best advice the Lord told him to give. He, I would assume, because he's a Christian man. Well, also something worth remembering is that he is a man. And he, maybe his, not, maybe his, not infallible. Maybe his right. advice is wrong. Well, guess who else was wrong? <laughs> David. Right. He yeah. messed up. A whole lot. <laughs> a lot of times. I was just going to say, I think it's the best in the world categorizing sin. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I think what you said, what brings most glory to God is should be like, and where it would affect you as an individual, um, and how you said about talking about um, if you're doing it for the right reason, you're doing it for the right reason, not for any other reason, but God, for what God, you spoke to God about it, and you're doing it for the reason, and not doing it for any other reason, but what you think godly. So, so it, it, it here's what I what I'm hoping we get to here is that I don't feel as though we have the right to condemn Alistair Begg yeah. for his advice. If he stands up and says, "This is exactly where I felt led to push this woman. This is exactly where I felt led to give her." As a as a as a dedicated Christian who is who who is led by the Holy Spirit, etc. etc. This is what I felt like was the right thing to say to her at that given time. If a Christian chooses to go to something like that, I'm not sure that we have any right to condemn them either because we don't know their heart. People do things all the time that are, and I'm not trying to to, uh, to say that just because we do them all the time it's wrong or it's right, but what I am trying to say is that we do things that that could look wrong on the outside, but they're always for, but they're for the right reasons. And and what it does do, let me get to the, the main point here. I'm, I'm I'm going way off base. My concern is going back to the topic of division. And what does it do within the body of Christ when we start to overanalyze these things and pick them apart to the point that we've done here this morning? Because we can lay blame all over the place. And by the time we get finished picking it apart, what have we accomplished? Have we led anyone to salvation? Have we strengthened our relationship with Christ? Or have we just justified our feelings in one camp or another in a situation that really doesn't fall into the top bucket? Division gets started very easily. That's and, and what kind of witness does that give to the unsaved community? So my point, and I think this is where you were going sort of as well, is that let's just say for all intents and purposes, we all think it was like, that was horrible advice. That was terrible advice. Yeah. Does that mean he should be crucified, ostracized, cancel cultured? For, Take away all the goodies. For, yeah, for something that it's like, well, that was bad advice. Not like, oh, you went out and committed this horrible sin, but none of these right. are perfect there either. We can all agree that but, there are there are sins that you can commit that would disqualify you from ministry. Right. Should no problem. Yeah, I mean, would I it not that. be better than like, oh, yeah, that was for for the people surrounding him 
to say, man, I don't really think that was good advice, but still be, I mean, if you know what he stands for, it's like, what was the purpose in them canceling him or canceling his programs? I don't, I, that's the, what I see. The, whether you agree or disagree with the advice he gave, that to me is the big wrong. Yeah. It feels that way. It feels that way. And so <clears throat> let, me, let me roll this in another direction too. This should highlight our own personal responsibility when it comes to scripture, when it comes to attending church services, when it comes to being fed by the pastor, by the Sunday school teacher, or by whoever happens to be feeding us from scripture. We still have our own responsibility to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Whatever someone tells you as advice, it's wonderful to seek godly advice. But I firmly believe it is our own personal responsibility to verify that that advice is scriptural, that it does meet the test of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I've, I've always been a proponent of saying, well, whatever I feel led to do or whatever advice I've been given, the number one test is, does it go against Scripture? And if the Holy Spirit is telling me through prayer and reading of Scripture that this event that I'm about to do, whatever it may be, does, goes against what God wants, then I'm out. No matter what it is. But I don't have the right to sit in judgment of somebody else who has searched the scriptures in certain situations and said, well, no, this doesn't have anything to do with salvation now. This doesn't go against what is clearly necessary for the foundations of salvation. And we may have to agree to disagree on some points. And we may have to move on together and love one another because you know what? That person's level of maturity may change. They may look at it differently two weeks, two months, whatever, and go, you know what? I need to repent of that action. And so we fall into that, that trap of qualifying sins, categorizing sins. Like you said, Tate, because we hate something so much, anything and everything that becomes associated with it, we want to just throw it out the window. But there's other sins that we will look at and be way more accepting of. And they may all require the same level of repentance. And so all I'm saying is we need to be very careful about how we allow topics and discussions like this to divide us. And we need to be very careful about how much stock we put into any one particular individual when they are teaching us. You can reject everything I have to say here this morning, and that's fine with me too. Go to the scriptures. I'm, I'm good with that. That's why we're here. Yeah, when you say though, scripture means every scripture means what it means. Okay, but each time you may read that scripture, sometimes it might mean something a little different to you than what it did the time. Well, there's no question. Yeah, there's because no of question. either what's going on in your life or a situation. That's where I feel. That's when God's talking to me mm -hmm. because it's coming from. I'm, I'm seeing that scripture just two weeks ago different than what I see because yeah. of what's going on in my life. So in that situation, when you're reading scripture on 
everything that you do to find out how to handle something. That's God speaking to me, whatever, how it comes. I'm not yeah. saying every scripture means what it means. I'm not saying. Oh, no, I understand that completely. It's coming. Wait. wait it, what, it's application. Yeah. It's so application. That's my view where, he, you know, it's hard to. That's why it's like. Well, that's where the nuances come in. Yeah. That's where, and there, there are nuances to situations. And, and so, <clears throat> as Christians, let's just be careful about where we throw around our, it's a strong word, but our condemnation. We may not realize that we're condemning people, but we have an opinion of, that's just terribly wrong, off with you. And that's not always where we need to take things. Does that make sense? That's my, that's my point of view. That's, what I want the, wanted us to talk about this morning and hopefully arrive at this, this, this foundational point of view that we can sit here and have the same discussion on hundreds of different things. But we all still need to be sitting here and saying, we all have one thing in common, regardless of whether or not we're saved. Christ died for every one of us. And if you've accepted that and, and you and you have salvation, that's, that's wonderful. If you haven't, you need to, but we still have the same thing in common. And that foundation never changes. And what we have a tendency to do is to get lost in discussions about things. And I think Satan relishes those moments. He loves to see us get lost in discussions of secondary and tertiary um, uh, topics. Because while we're doing that, we're not talking about Christ. It brings division within the church. It brings division within the body. And when, my, and when the arm is separated and laid over there, it's not helping lift. And so that's, that's the point of this discussion, not really to come to a conclusion that Alistair was right or wrong, or the grandmother is right or wrong, but to understand that we all have deeply rooted, heartfelt opinions about these types of things, but that we all still need to stay together. And as long as we understand what, what the importance is of salvation, why Christ came, who he is, and the, the things that matter, are the things that matter, right? And so, and I'm not trying to say sin doesn't matter. I'm not trying to brush those things under the rug, but I hope I'm being being clear because I am rambling a bit. No, I think it's true. I mean, Satan has done his job here. He's tore Alistair down. You know, I mean, there's a whole group of people that aren't going to listen to him now. No matter what he says or does, it's good. I mean, it's just, no, he was wrong there, so he's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, I think who wins? Yeah, exactly. I think as a, a Christian, again, if you think back to the Christ mm -hmm. life, Paul was trying to be Christ like. You know, the, someone mentioned the truth of love and truth of grace. I think, and, and when I say this, I'm, I'm saying I should say me. I shouldn't say I think we. I should say I think me. You know, I've read the Bible forward and backward multiple times or multiple sermons over my lifetime and I, I think I've got some of a handle on the truth part. I think the part that I struggle with is the love and grace part. 
And I think that that's the part, you know, that is Christ. You know, that woman at the well, he told her the truth. You know, and was, maybe it was a few good men truth moment too. Right, right? yeah, you can handle the truth. But that woman that went away from the well, she got his love and grace too. Mm -hmm. Because what did she do when she went back? She didn't say this guy, he he just he pounded me with the truth and he he just like pummeled me and killed me and crushed me, you know what I'm saying, with the truth. He said, Jenny, I got to save you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. uh, you know He knew my he knew my sin. He knew my sin. This yeah. is this is yeah, this is someone, yeah, he knew that yeah, I didn't tell him I was married five times, you know, I had five husbands. I didn't tell him that I wasn't currently married to this one. I didn't tell him that, you know. And uh yeah, you know, she she's wondering, hey, hey, what's this water that you you don't even have a you don't even have a cup? How can you get like water yeah. in this deep well? You know, are you saying you're better than the, the Jacob? You know, what or the you know, type thing. But um, yeah, I think again and again I'm saying for me, I'm not saying for any other individual here, but for me, I, I, I kinda got a handle on the truth. Uh, and I'm not even saying I've got a full handle on that, to be honest with you. But um, I think the love and grace and things like I Yeah, that's probably always going to struggle with. <laughs> when he runs up on the group of people about to stone the adulterous woman, he says, you know, even just without sin, you cast the first stone. So we all have sin, you know. But we hold certain. Still, what I, I still don't this, I'm kind of getting off track. I don't I don't know what I would do about going to the wedding or not. It's all situational. Wherever I can glorify God the most is the direction I want to go. But we all have sin. And and, and, and he says, go on and sin no more. He doesn't say, go on and dabble in your sin because you have it. You're exactly. Yeah. He says, go on and sin no more. And so we're like, that's hard. That's hard to do that. I think yeah. this was a good illustration of your sermon last week where it's like, this is a this is this is a third bucket but, thing. But this is the, in the lower and, bucket. And don't let it divide us. Yeah, we, know, we all have we, differing. We opinions, shouldn't hate each other when we leave this room because yeah, of you know, our difference. Like yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, you, you, you all know if you've been here long enough. I like to stir things up once in a while. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I appreciate y'all. I'm not going back through this. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> Will John still be teaching? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> we will next week get into uh, qualifications of overseers. And, and we'll, we'll refer back to this a little bit because there's some things in here with the qualifications of overseers where it is quite evident that the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, hey, it does matter how the outside sees the leadership of the church. It matters how these people look to the outside world. And so we'll we'll delve into that um, as, as well as many other things next week. But we'll go back into scripture next week and stay there hard and uh, um, go through that uh, uh, verse by verse and take it where it leads us. So uh, thank you all for the discussion this morning. Love you all and I love seeing you all here and I appreciate it. So let's close with a word of prayer and head on out. Lord, thank you so much. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we're grateful for, for the way that you move. Um, Lord, just help us to have, help us to have softened hearts. Help us to not elevate things to a level that they they don't deserve. 
But help us to always elevate you to the level that you deserve. Help us to always seek to glorify your name. Help us in every situation, Lord, to make decisions that that others can, can look upon us and see the love of Christ and see that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And let us be good witnesses regardless of the situation that we're in or the decisions that we make. May they all be for you. We want to just keep you at the center of everything that we do. And that holds true for when we walk out of this room. Lord, help us to prepare our hearts and our minds for worship time. Be with Jake as he delivers the message and those who lead us in music. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for how you move and we look forward to experiencing it yet again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.